You are listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 13 to learn how God wants us to view and regard all authority on earth, especially those appointed or elected to lead us. In this message by Pastor Ariel Marquez. How many of you know that elections is uh, near? Uh, in fact, I think in just less than 10 days, we're going to be going to the falls uh, on May 13, and we're going to be casting our votes on uh, different candidates, you know, from national level to the local uh, level. And so we want to take the time, you know, I'm not going to talk about who to vote for, okay? I know that you are all wise people. Look at the person beside you, the other person, vote wisely. Yeah, and I can just say wisely, okay? Number 10 sa okay? Vote wisely, and uh, we hope that you will really consider the different characteristics and, you know, the different description of, of the uh, type of leader that we want to choose for this coming election. So, we're not going to really talk about who to vote for, but I'm, I'm going to talk about what our role is. How many of you know that as Christians, we have a role in, in nation building, okay? And, you know, some, some people have actually uh, given up on... Uh, on politics. And how many of you know that though politics may seem dirty, God wants us to be involved in politics. Amen. Okay. 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 And, uh, you know, not necessarily you running for a position, but, you know, doing our share in uh, being a godly citizen of this nation. And we're going to be looking at the different things on our part and God's role in, uh, in nation building. You know, some people look at uh, politics and they say politics is dirty, I don't want to be involved with that, you know. And I, I remember the quote from uh, Sir Edmund Burke, uh, he's an Irish statesman, was an Irish statesman and author, and he said, the only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for what? For good men to do nothing. Now, how many of you are good men and women here? Please raise your hand. How many of you will do something? Yan, look at the person beside you. Tell that person, do something. Don't do nothing, okay? Do something. Let's do something. I believe God has called us to do something significant uh, for this nation. And so, you know, we can't just give, you know, the, the politics to, you know, those who want to rule because of their personal agenda. But I do believe that, yes, we, we know that God ultimately is sovereign, but yet we do have a particular role. In, uh, in nation building. So, we want to take the time uh, today and tomorrow to talk about uh, the significance of uh, the Christians in, in our nation. At the same time, what God is doing in our land. Now, how many of you feel and sense that God is doing something mighty in this land? Diba? Can you imagine we just uh, prayed for you know a group of people to go to Timor-Leste to become missionaries? And uh, we used to be the mission field. You know, hundreds of years ago, God was sending missionaries to the Philippines. Amen. And we were the ones who need to hear the gospel. Now we are the ones sending the gospel outside the nations of the earth. Amen. And God is using the Philippines. And in order for us to be able to do that, how many of you know it takes a lot of finance to do that? That's the reason why God is prospering this nation. How many of you are ready to be prosperous? Alright, some of you. Okay, great. Okay. That's why, you know, we need to see the hand of God in, uh, in this nation. 
that from uh, the time even if you study history, if you look at what we've gone through as a people, God's sovereign hand has been with us as a people. And so we're going to be looking at that in a while. And I'd like to invite everyone to stand up with me. The reason why this uh, particular weekend is entitled R13 is because we're going to be reading from the book of Romans chapter 13. Okay? Hindi restricted to 13 years old and above. But this is general patronage. Okay? So this is just taken from the book of Romans chapter 13 uh, beginning from verse 1 to verse uh, 7. Okay? Uh, I'd like to read from verse 1. Everyone should submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. Okay? The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against who? Against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of one in authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, everybody say therefore. It is necessary to do what? To submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. Verse 6, this is also why you... Pay taxes. Hope you did. Last April 15. Okay? For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, thank you so much for this afternoon. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that is here with us. Thank you for your sovereign hand upon this nation. I pray, God, as a people, if you would, Lord, just ignite a deeper sense of purpose and a deeper love for this nation. Father, I thank you that, Lord, as a people, that we will have the vision and even the heart to serve you by serving this nation. God, bless the preaching of your word this evening and this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You will be seated. Alright, you know, as we've been praying the pastors for the past few days, we really, it was just a stirring in our hearts what to share today and tomorrow in, in our weekend services. And somehow God has placed this particular message uh, in our hearts, okay? And uh, I think all the different uh, churches in Metro Manila might also take the same route, although a different approach, okay? But, you know, uh, here in Alabang, we, we, we prayed about you know, looking at Romans chapter 13, which basically talks about uh, our role uh, in, 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 our na- in our nation. Okay? Now, in verse 1, it says, there is no authority except that which what? God has established. Now, we want to be able to focus the establishing of the authority by God in any government. Okay? And I think this particular verse is just so rich with, uh, you know, revelation and insights that we can actually glean from, okay? 
Now, how many of you have every authority on the planet Earth has been established by God? Okay? You know, in fact, if you have authority in your office, guess what? It's not the authority that was given to you by your boss. It's the authority given to you by God. Amen. Now, how many of you are fathers here? Can you please raise your hand? Fathers. Okay? Or husbands. Guess what? As husbands, we are what? We are the head of the family, right? There can be no two heads. Only one head. But guess what? The authority does not come from the church or the pastors. The authority is a delegated authority coming from God Himself. So every authority that is established here on earth came from God. Now, uh, Worsby actually talked about the three institutions that God ordained. So I mean, this is very basic. Okay, First is the home. Everybody say home. How many of you have a home? How many of you know that there's authority in your home? I hope that it's the proper authority being established in the home. Okay? Now, God established that the head of the household is the husband. And in Ephesians chapter 5, we actually, we normally quote from that, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wives, submit. Everybody submit. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Okay? Some, and that's, that's why, you know, in uh, the next verse, wives ought to submit to their husbands in everything. Okay? Now, when you talk about submission, I think last week we talked about to submit or sacrificial. To submit means to obey. Okay? Now, of course, we're not going to go into details of that. We have a whole engagement seminar to talk about that. It's a marriage uh, seminar. But, you know, this is just the way it is. Okay? God established. But, you know, you've learned, you know, in the past series that when you talk about leadership, leadership is a sacrificial form of leadership, right? It's a servant form of leadership. It's a humble form of leadership. That's why, though husbands, are the head of the house. They are not to abuse the authority in the home. Are we getting that particular truth or principle this afternoon? Okay? So, hindi po akin, ako head, submit, sit. Diba? Hindi, hindi naman ganon, diba? You know, we're to use that particular authority for the benefit of everybody in the house. No? First institution is the home. Second institution is the church. God establishes authority uh, in the church, in the body. That's why, you know, the, basically, we're not establishing an authority on the victory group leaders to control or micromanage their members. I want to clarify that. Okay? As pastors, I don't have an authority over your life to give you a decision what to do in your life, who to vote for. We will not go and say, Eto, this coming May 13, vote for these 12 candidates. Boom, boom, boom. We're not going to do that. I will hear this We believe that you are people who can hear from God. How many of you can hear from God? By faith in Jesus. And God speaks in our hearts. We're not going to be dictating on you what to do. We're not going to be dictating on you what to do in your life. We're not going to dictate on you whom to bury. Hello. Single people. How many singles do we have in this place? Please raise your hand. Single people. Hoping to be married someday. Please raise your hand. Yeah. Guess what? Don't come to the pastors and ask us, Pastor, whom should I marry? Can I check on your directory in church, Pastor? You know, we're not gonna tell you, you know, you go marry this guy. 
That's control. We're not going to do that. That's not the authority that God has given the pastors, nor the victory group leaders. We have authority to trample over the scorpions and evil spirits. We have authority over the evil spirits. The authority that God has given the church is over the enemies of the cross. Amen. Demons, sickness, poverty. How many of you know that you have authority over those things? Amen. How many of you know that you can actually cast out a demon even if you're not a pastor? You can. How many of you know that you can actually lay hands on the sick and they will recover even if you don't if you're not a pastor? Even if you're an ordinary believer, guess what? God, Jesus promised all these signs to follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick, they will recover, they will preach, you know, they will hear the gospel, they you know they will cast out demons and they will obey, they will drink deadly poisons. And it will not harm them, but don't try that at home, okay? Don't drink John Rocks, okay? Now, God has given us authority in the home, in the church, and even in civil government. So, we're just focusing on one word here, okay? Established. Everybody say established. Okay? In another translation, it says ordained. Okay? No authority, uh, God has ordained, no other authority except that God has established or God has ordained, okay? or God has instituted. Okay, so we're looking at this word, established, ordained, instituted, to arrange in an orderly manner, to assign or dispose. Who assigns the authority over a politician? God, not us. Even if we vote for them, who gives them the authority? God. Yes. God uses the electoral process to pinpoint or to choose somebody there in authority. But yet, ultimately, the authority was delegated by God Himself. He is the one who assigns, He is the one who disposes, He is the one who takes away. To appoint, to determine, to ordain, to set. In other words, when you talk about government, government is not man's idea. Whose idea is this? God's idea. This is His idea. Okay? So I want us to look at three implications. You know, now that we have uh, talked about verse 1, right? first implication is what? Can we all read this out loud? One, two, three. God established civil government, not man. Very simple. Okay, of course, we can get that from the verse that we have just read. Since God established civil government, we did not establish civil government. Okay? Uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 6, it says, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. So every authority, every ruler in any nation on planet Earth has been established by God. Think about that for a moment. Maybe some of you may have some problem with that statement. Huh? Will the Lord your? I'm not talking about the will of God. I'm talking about God's sovereignty here. The will of God is definitely... You know, for, for this planet Earth to be rid of sin, 
corruption, you know, uh, judgment. I believe that His will is to fill the earth with all of His glory. You know, but are we seeing that now? Not yet. But how many of you know that we are getting there? We are actually on our way there. But in the process of God is doing something and preparing us individually, us as families, the church, the nations, in order to see the entire planet being covered by the glory of God. Because ultimately, every nation has been established by God. Eh, but ganun, Pastor, but parang lugi tayo, dapat nasa Amerika na lang tayo. dollars. I wanna experience snow. Parang ganun, di ba? And, you know, God, that's the whole point. God determined that you will be a Filipino and not an American. Except for, of course, for Charles. How many of you are thankful for your nationality? Guess what? That was not determined by your parents. It was not determined by mom and dad. It was determined by God Himself. God determined what's your height. He determined your color. Some are light-skinned. Some are Cooked perfectly, right? Some are overcooked. But He determined everything. The language that we have, the province you came from, the sovereignty of God over the nations, no one can question. But how many of you know, because we serve a great God and a good God, that we can trust His sovereignty? Amen. It doesn't mean though that you know, if you have a dark skin and it's a sin for you to drink glutathione, okay lang yun. Apply makeup if necessary. For, you know, some, for pictures, if the bar needs painting, paint it, okay? And so if you need to put on makeup over your face, no problem. Go put on makeup, go use hair color or whatever. As long as you're grateful for what God has given you. Because ultimately, God is the one who's sovereign over our lives. Amen. He determined the size of your nose and the color of your eyes. You ought to be grateful there. All authority is there because God put it there. Whether good or bad. You know, think about that for a moment. During the time of Jesus, you know, uh, with, the, with the Apostle Paul, actually, when the Apostle Paul was writing this letter of romance, not romance, okay, to the book of Rome, to the, to the Romans, okay, it was, uh, you know, according to the scholars, he was writing this about 50-55 AD. And, you know, he was talking about submit to authority, but who's the authority at that time? They were under the Roman Empire. They were under Roman rule. And I was doing my research. Guess who was the emperor at that time? Emperor Nero was the emperor during the time when the Apostle Paul was writing this book of Romans. And how can, how can Paul write, submit to the authority that God has given us? Because there's no authority that wasn't established by God. And yet this guy, this emperor, is an evil emperor. 
I mean, if you're familiar with the history of, you know, the Roman Empire, Nero, you know, just for one, Nero persecuted the Christians very badly. What he would do, he would capture Christians, and he would put a stake inside their body, bamboo pole, or a big pole, parang lichon. And he would actually line them up in his garden and light them up at night, like a miracle. That's how bad this emperor was. At that time, it was the same. Uh, it was the same government, the Roman Empire, who was responsible for crucifying the Lord Jesus. Many of the civil authorities or civil rulers during that uh, day in uh, history uh, in the Roman Empire were either immoral or prostitutes or homosexual. And yet, the Apostle Paul was writing. To the authority, because there's no authority that is not established by God. Wow. How many of you appreciate the time that we live in right now? I mean, we're not living in a Roman era. We're living in democracy. We're, we can actually enjoy the freedom uh, to, hear the, to hear the gospel every single time we attend church. Okay? So all authorities there because God put it there, whether what, whether good or bad. Is it okay? Kaya pa? You know how I wish it was a good time, government. Of course, we're now seeing some changes in our government. But does that mean that during the time when it was bad, like for example, during the Japanese occupation, God ordained that? No authority that was established by God. He determines who will rule. And that's the second point. God determines who will rule over us. And somebody once said that many times we get the, the leaders that we deserve. And I believe that, you know, for our good and for the good of our nation, somehow God is even using leaders, whether good or bad, to purge uh, us. As a people. And God may sometimes use leaders to test the, the faith of the people. Okay? You know, righteousness exalts a nation, the Bible says. But sin is a disgrace to any people. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people go into hiding. And so we see different scriptures that talk about leadership and yet the overarching truth or principle is that God still is the one who is determining who will rule and who will step down. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, it says what? Can we all read this out loud? 1, 2, 3. He removes kings and sets up kings. I mean, if we will just look at the truth from the Word of God, yes, we are in a democratic process of having the benefit of choosing our leaders. There are some nations who can even vote because there's no such thing as vote. Just try going to North Korea. The leader that they have is actually a succession of the old regime. 
Almost like a kingdom. Sino yung anak? Hindi na magmamana. But not here. We have the option. We have the power to put the right people there in public uh, as a public servant. And guess what? God uses this exact process in order for us and Him to choose the people who ought to lead this nation. He sets up kings and He removes them as well. Daniel chapter 4 verse 17, The Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone He wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. Guess what? God has the ability to accomplish His will in spite of and even through ungodly rulers. Let me just tell you something. It does not have to take a Christian president to change anything. Because sometimes our thinking is, Christian president? America had a taste of a Baptist president. And where is America? We're also going through something in our nation. I mean, does it have to take a Christian president for I want a Christian president. How many of you want a Christian president? How many of you love Christians? You know, I married one. All my staff are Christians. They are, okay? Their pastors are Christians. I love being with Christians. But we have to realize that ultimately... Whether the leader is a Christian or an ungodly person, guess what? God can use that particular person for His purpose and ultimately for His glory. Amen. Let's take the Pharaoh of Egypt, for example. How many of you know the Pharaoh of Egypt is not a godly person? Wicked. During the time of Joseph, uh, Sorry, the time of Moses. The time of Joseph, you know, of course, the Pharaoh was a better leader. But during the time of Moses, the new Pharaoh grows up and he subjected them to slavery. But yet God used that particular situation to prove his to, to prove his sovereignty over the nation of Israel and eventually show his glory by moving even in the heart of that wicked king. Romans chapter 9, verse 17 says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I raise you up for this very purpose. That what? Everybody read this. That I might display my power in you, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Was Pharaoh a Christian? No. But ultimately, God's name is glorified. I mean, it's Miracle that we we've seen that you know we've seen that in the, in the, in the book of Exodus. And you probably watched the movie The Prince of Egypt. Okay? Another example is King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I mean, look at their history. King Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most powerful kings that ruled the planet, but yet he became proud. And in Daniel chapter 4, verse 26, says, The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. He actually became insane. The prophecy was, you will act like a cow, and he did. He became in 
And the only time that sanity will be restored to him is if he acknowledges that heaven moves. Guess what happened? He did, went back to his senses, and he did acknowledge that the God of the heavens and the God of Israel is the real God. Amen. God is the one who chooses the people. Isaiah 40, verses 23 to 24, it says, He brings princes to naught or nothing and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, and He blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. Guess what? If there's a ruler who tries to advance and do, you know, uh, use his authority for personal gains, this is the scripture for that particular person. That's why don't despair. God is sovereign. Amen. God will use anybody to advance his purpose over the nations. And third implication is this. God determines the times of the ruling. God establishes civil authority. God determines who will rule. And God determines the times or the season of the ruling. Diba? So, kumbaga, the what, the who, and the when is established and determined by God. Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, it says, He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He is the one who determines the season and the time for a particular nation. This nation is ready. This nation is not yet ready. Guess what? In every nation, there is a sovereign hand and will of God in every nation. Amen. In fact, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, if you look at the history of Israel and how Jesus came to be, it says, But when the time had what? Fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born you know, if you look at the scripture, why did God send Jesus during the Roman Empire? Through Jerusalem. Through the land of David. Think about that for a moment. It was not an accident. In the fullness of time, God did that. God has brought into being different forms of government depending on that which is best for that time and place in history. Even the birth of Christ in the first century has been determined by God. And it has been a preparation. You know, at that time, 20 years before the birth of Christ, the Romans had a fascination for architecture and infrastructure. They built Roman roads all over the Roman Empire which actually connected the different cities and the different provinces in Asia, which made it easier for people to travel from one place to the other. Twenty years before Christ was born, it, was, it became easy for the family to travel back to Egypt during the time of persecution by King Herod. The Roman roads, the sovereignty of God, Pax Romana at that time, there's... You know, it, it's called Roman peace. At that time, there was no major war. All the nations were under submission to the, to the Roman Empire. And basically, this was the perfect time wherein the Son of God could be born here on earth. 
Pax Romana. After Rome came the Greeks. And guess what they introduced? The Greek language. The original Bible, the New Testament, was written in Greek. Which necessitated for everybody to understand the language. It was a common language at that time. The known language to Maladapati. So, you talk about sovereignty, God is sovereign. God knows exactly when to bring in change to a nation. And guess what? I believe the Philippines is right where God wants it to be. Amen. Amen. At just the right time. And if you study our history, the pre-colonial rule, you know, before the Spanish came, guess what? We ought to be Muslims. Basically, at that particular time in this age, we were animistic. We would worship different kinds of idols. And the Muslims were very uh, aggressive in evangelizing the world. Guess what? It took the Spaniards to ward off the Arabs to come to the Philippines. Yes, there were abuses. Yes, there were Padre Damasos, etc. Yes, there were Basilio and, and whatever. Okay? And Sisa. But despite that, God used the Spaniards to introduce Christianity to the Philippine Islands. The Philippines was named by King Philip of Spain, which means Philip the Evangelist, because he had a, he had a missionary heart. The destiny of this nation is to become a missionary-sending nation to the planet. Amen. Thus, we're actually sending now, taking, taking dominion, and we're actually taking serious. Come on, give the Lord a hand for that. Taking serious a, a, a role in the sovereignty of God over this nation. That is a redemptive gift. The Spaniards taught us the fear of God. Basic Christianity, the Trinity, we've learned that from them. They introduced, you know, culture in the Philippines by uh, using parangay. Now we have a basic form of government in our nation. If not, what a Somehow, the 7,100 plus islands, depending if it's Lahaitan or Lotai, has been connected despite the multiple dialects, despite the differences in our culture. Whether you're a Waray, or a Nilocano, or a Batangueño, or a Cebuano, or a Pangalatok, or whatever you are, guess what? There has been a connection because of the framework that has been established by the Spaniards at that time. The Spaniards actually brought in a nationalism among the people. Because of the abuses, guess what happened? Unrest on fashion. Emilio And so all these guys, the heroes, came about, brought about nationalism in our hearts. Even the timing of the Americans when they declared war against Spain, 1898, they came here May 1st, 1898. That was when the Americans came here. Guess what they did? They introduced biblical Christianity to us. They brought in the Bible. For the first time, the people have an access to the Word of God. Talk about sovereignty of God in this nation. Amen. The Americans did not just speak the Bible. Guess what they gave us? The English language. How many of you are glad that you can speak English? Because of that, you can actually enroll and be applied in a BPO. 
That's why the Paul centers love to the Because we speak good, uh, we speak good English. I mean, anywhere you go in the Philippines, whether somebody has finished high school or college, guess what? English is so common here in the Philippines. As a university. Thus making us the best candidates to become the missionaries all over. When we talk about the, the, the will of God, and some people hate being Filipinos, guess what? You ought to be proud of your because God has placed us here in this nation for such a time as this to make a difference in this world. The Philippines is right where God wants us to be. Even the coming of the Japanese. What did they bring us? Sushi. Tempura. Praise God. No, they actually taught us how to rediscover our identity, which the other two colonizers did not help us with. Japanese. They brought in industry. You know, basic industry to the Philippines. And so it was a short, you know, it was almost like a few years the Japanese came and then the Americans came back and guess what? Because of the abuses of also of the Japanese, we rose up as a people and we wanted independence. And we became the Republic of the Philippines. God gave us our own identity. God gave us our own destiny. God gave the sovereign hand of God is in this nation from day one. Even from the time of our forefathers, before the Spanish came, the sovereign hand of God is upon us. The placement of the Philippines. We are on the open sea facing the Pacific Ocean. Guess what? There's no other neighbor there. It is the greatest open port ever for trade and industry. You know, so many things to talk about about the Philippines. And I hope that you can actually just go and do your own research on that. But what's our response very quickly? This is, you know, as I come to a close. One, submit to authority. Right? Because the authority that we have has been established by God. Go back to the scripture. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established. Secondly, pay your taxes. You... Look at the person beside you. Now, if you're an employee, it's automatic. Okay? Guess what? You pay taxes whether income tax or you buy the grocery which taxes there anyway. Just don't smuggle, okay? You pay the right duties. Yeah, okay? Romans 13 verse 6. This is also why you pay taxes. For the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Okay? Full time to life. So, taxes are used not only for the salaries of policemen, but also for building infrastructure, modernization of our armed forces, in Jesus' name, uh, and all the others, okay? Roads, maintenance of maintenance of the, of the nation, so on and so forth. Respect. Everybody say respect. 
and honor civil servants. Now, how many of you respect the police force? Please raise your hand. If you see a police under the bridge, makanta pa kayo, may police, may police, may lalang tulay. I mean, we, we ought to respect civil servants. Why is that? Same scripture. Verse 7. Give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Show respect and honor. You don't just respect the president or the vice president or the senate president. Guess what? We respect everyone in the government. Whether it's that cashier in LTO. Hello? They're part of the government. When was the last time you actually said thank you to a policeman or a fireman for doing their duty? Think about that for a moment. Many times we curse them instead of honoring them. We brand them names and we generalize that all of them are corrupt instead of thanking them for putting law and order. Fourth, participate by voting. Yana. Go vote. May 13. Go out and vote. Don't waste your vote. Yes, we understand God is the one who chooses the people to rule over us, but God uses us to put those people into office. And lastly, which I believe is the most important of all, that's why I'm ending this with this thing is to pray. It says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, I urge them, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. You want to have a quiet life in the Philippines? We pray for the Lord. We pray for them. Don't mock them. Don't curse them. Thank God for them. Ask the Lord to change their hearts if need be. Ask the Lord to give us righteous leaders. Ask the Lord for wisdom for them. Second Chronicles chapter 4, verse uh, 7, verse 14. It says, If my people, who are the people of God in this place, please raise your hand. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then what? I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins. And I will heal their land. How many of you know that God needs to heal our land? From all the corruption, from all the sin, from all the division we have caused it. Ultimately, as we look at the sovereignty of God over this nation. How many of you know that we can actually just go and rest and put our trust in the sovereign hand of God over this nation? And many, many times we don't know what's going to happen in the future. How many of you can predict? No one can predict what's going to happen tomorrow. But guess what? God knows. And since God is a sovereign hand, our God, and since God is a, a faithful God, then we can put our trust in Him. In fact, Charles Spurgeon said this, there is no attribute of God more comforting to His children than the doctrine of divine sovereignty. Because God is sovereign. You can sit back 
relax and trust and know that God will take care of you. God will take care of our children. God will take care of His nation. Main point I want to share as I come to a close. God is sovereign over our nation. Therefore, we can trust Him. We hope you were inspired by that message. We invite you to learn and share about how to grow in your faith by joining a Victory Group today. Find out more from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and by liking our Facebook page at facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you and stay connected.